This is Packer and Durham on ACCN and Sirius XM Channel 371. We still got a lot to get to. Two days continue. Miami in hour one. NC State coming up. Joe Giglio join us in about a half an hour. Yep. And of course, we have the best and worst of the weekend. We got up Phil Steele. We got all kinds of stuff to get into before we're out here this morning. Uh, Link Jarrett is already starting to collect some postseason hardware with his team in Omaha. He's been named the Mike Martin National Coach of the Year by the National Collegiate Baseball Writers Association. Uh, this honor is awarded out in Omaha, as several postseason awards are. And congratulations to the head man of the Irish. Year three has been a magical ride for Notre Dame. Uh, ironic, it is the Mike Martin Award. And, of course, there's all kinds of speculation about what happens to Notre Dame's uh, yeah. main man once the season ends, whenever that may be. Uh, Florida State needs a new guy, and uh, Link, of course, has had a link to Florida State, needless to say. But he's done an awesome job, and that is an award that is well-deserved. they got a terrific team, old experience. I know it didn't work out for him last night, but nevertheless, mm-hmm. the Irish are still alive. They get A&M tomorrow afternoon in a loser-leave town match. Well, and uh, Notre Dame highlights best of the weekend because there have been several plays through two ball games involving Notre Dame that make our best of the weekend – and we're going to start with Jared Miller on a play uh, Friday against Texas here. Look at this. Ooh. Come on now. This was eventually overturned, but I don't care. Yeah, exactly right. Great play. And by the way, the replay did, I think, get it right. Because uh, after watching it 100 times and waiting 20 minutes – uh, they did eventually, I think, get the call right, but the play was right. spectacular. I mean, there have been a yeah. bunch of them, as you're getting ready to find out, but that was an incredible play. Can I tell you just a little uh, in-house story here real quick about Jared Miller? Sure. we got a couple uh, hours. Jared Miller, Jared Miller and my son, Will, played youth baseball, like the very first baseball experience my son had. He played on the same team with Jared Miller, like at six or seven years of age. They played for the venerable Eastside Mets out of Fuller's Park in Cobb County, Pack. And can I just tell you, at seven, six or seven years old, Jared Miller was a stud. <laughs> can I? I mean, it was unbelievable. He played shortstop. It was unbelievable. Can I ask a question? Sure. Uh, did somebody lose a bet? I mean, no kid in the Atlanta metro area wants to play for the Mets. I don't care I don't care well if you're four years old. I mean you, you don't want to be walking around with a the, Mets hat, jersey, T shirt or anything else in Atlanta. Come on now. I understand. What happened there? I understand, but let me let me just kinda of tell you the way this works. And, I'd rather and, wear a know. Dodgers hat maybe around Atlanta than a New York I mean the, poor Chipper hey Chipper beat the Mets so many times. Maybe that was like, hey, we just kind of felt sorry for Mets fans. In the no. Atlanta. Maybe that's what it was. No, no, no. Every every youth league, you know, park, if you will, has a league. And when they establish the league, typically they give teams 
the nicknames of major league teams. So you yeah, have Mets and Braves and Dodgers and Red Sox and Astros and yeah, whatever. Yeah, but, but you can't Will have and Jared the Mets. happen to play on a team called the Mets. You can't have the Mets. I mean, I can understand if you oh, say, listen, we're going to play for the Angels. Yeah. Say we're playing for the Mariners. Hey, we play for the White right. Sox. I mean, you can go American League, but you can't go like arch rival of the Braves and be a little league kid well, and say, man, I mean, we're really cool. We play for the Mets. I mean, nobody's going to go for that in Atlanta. Nobody. Well, well, was that their your team, decision? by the way, went undefeated and won, by the way. No, was it that- wasn't my decision. No. No, not my decision. No. But their team went undefeated and won the championship. Does that count? No, it doesn't count because nobody in Atlanta cares okay. for the Mets. It's my point. You're not right, listening. Well, I was just telling the story about Will and Jared playing on the same team. That's all. God, so anyway, great to see Jared Miller do great. Holy All right, uh, next up, Jack Brannigan snags back-to-back line drives in the ball game. I mean, this was unbelievable. Like, within three pitches. Look at this. There's one. Jeez. Seriously? Is that crazy? I'd say that was uh, excellent defensive strategy because he is absolutely in the right. if he's two feet to the left or to the right mm-hmm. that's a base hit down the left field I'm just saying there you go perfect perfect mm-hmm. strategy by the irish jack snagging everything uh yep notre dame also has rally bananas in omaha the irish have uh used the rally bananas and apparently they bring them out when uh they had the lead now They've been called rally bananas, but I think they're more to ensure victory than to uh, rally for victory. And apparently you pull the bananas out in like the eighth or seventh, and then you only take bites after something good happens, like a hit. So there you go. Yeah, well, we went through some bananas last night because Oklahoma is just too good now. The Sooners had it going on last night. So I don't know if I'm going to put that up with the rally bourbon. I'd still tell you the rally bourbon trumps the rally banana, but that's just me. Call me crazy. That's right. Yep. Uh, Notre Dame also had an unbelievable relay during the course of the uh, of the first couple of games as well. Irish have been phenomenal defensively all year long. Uh, terrific play to uh, record an out at third in the uh, in the ball game the other night. Uh, they've had a handful of other plays, but. Uh, Here's a look at against Oklahoma. Ball got away in the corner. And away we go. Boom. Boom. Out. Great camera work, by the way. Terrific well, camera work. I'll tell you what, the, the guys do a great job covering the college world mm-hmm. series. I mean, I, I don't care. Sure do. Squeeze play, KP and all those guys. I mean, if you love baseball, I'm telling you right now. Yep. And I'm not just saying it because I'm an ESPN employee, but ESPN rocks it on the college world series. I mean, they, yep. the, the, the analysts are great. Coverage is great. Scene is great. I mean, if you love baseball, you yep. cannot beat it. Those guys are outstanding. Uh, Brannigan's been the uh, focal point on a lot of stuff. Here's a double doink at third in the ball game. Little looper going to right. Here we go. Laser. Oh, it hit the coach. 
How about that? Yeah. And you're out. Yeah, well, the guy thought he was out to begin with. That's why he was kind of laissez-faire on oh. it back over there. It's like, doggone, I can't yeah. believe I'm out. Now you are out. That was a laser, though, from right field. Yep. Uh, we talked about this a little bit at the top. Carter Putts has been unbelievable. Four hits yesterday in the loss to uh, Oklahoma. Rest of the team, yeah, three for 30. But Carter, he was a tough out now and has been a tough out. Beats out one on the infield here. Maybe Carter was the only guy right. with the uh, bushel bananas yesterday, Wes. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Maybe he just had yeah. them all. Maybe he had all the Chiquita bananas and he swallowed them whole before the game. Because Notre Dame just could not uh, solve Oklahoma's pitching last night. Couldn't do it. Yeah. Well, they tried. They were trying to take out Oklahoma's pitching. David Lamana tried to take him out in the bullpen. This is great. Lamana hit a home run ball. This is and hilarious. almost took a kid out. Well, watch the guy open the door in the bullpen. You got to pay attention to the door. Boink. Oops, sorry. Excuse me. How about that timing on that? Yeah. Uh, had too many uh, whiskey steaks put a hurting on me. I'm going to go in here for a second, open the door, and bam! Here comes a deep drive to left field. I mean, that it was – I was laughing last night watching that. It's classic. Mm-hmm. The timing of that was unbelievable. Uh, it was. All right, let's go to uh, football. NC State uh, over the weekend. We had uh, Devin Leary, of course, on the program, invading the basement last week. Well, I hope he got back to Raleigh in time for inflated bubble inner tubes at practice. What in the world? Nobody's going to get hurt with this, by the way, because inflated bubble inner tubes, well, they are exactly what you think they are. You're not going to give us play-by-play of this, Wes? Huh? I, why? We, I, there we go. Watch this. we could use those in the uh basement those might be good in the backyard here july 4th coming up sure yeah there you go uh final note on best of the weekend we go to budapest yep world champion a world championship for virginia's alex walsh so congratulations to alex who wins a world championship the 200-meter IM in Hungary, out in front, and no surprise. I always tell there you, you go. when it comes to UVA in the water, uh, it normally equals first place. That's just the way it works. Swimming, diving, rowing, yep. crew, whatever the case may be, man, the who's can fly in the water now. Yep. No doubt. She was great fun to talk to, and uh, congratulations to Alex Walsh. Yeah, she's cool. Uh, All right, worst of the weekend. The list is short here. Uh, Austin Temple for Notre Dame. Inning in a third, 31 pitches against Oklahoma. Tough tough day at the office for Austin Temple. Um, One hit and three walks uh, in his uh, service. And... A little bit of a uh, little bit of a moving zone, I noticed at times for Temple. That one, that was a ball anywhere. Link Jared out to make the change, but let's hope Austin gets another chance, as they say.
Yeah. Um, right. Oklahoma. Yep. Oklahoma scored two runs in the fifth after a bad throw to first on an error by Carter Putts, who had the four hits. So that's the worst of the weekend. Uh, the Irish. Oh, here's that play. Look out. You know, that was and early, all of a sudden, and you, you could sense it wasn't going to be Notre Dame's night, right? Just didn't mm-hmm. quite have to give Oklahoma all the credit in the world. They were the better team last night. They were. Yep. Um, Notre Dame struck out 14 times against Oklahoma. I told you they were three for 30. They had seven hits. Putts had four of them. But uh, striking out 14 times, that typically doesn't end well. There's Kate Horton, by the way, who was Whew. terrific. Great. For Oklahoma last night. Um, look at that one. Ooh. Uh, and this guy had a lot to do with that last night. So Horton and the Sooners early lead and coasted to the win. Uh, and we mentioned this in hour one. Uh, one of the greatest players in ACC basketball history, Lenny Rosenbluth, passed away over the weekend. Uh, at the age of 89. Uh, terrific player, terrific person. Uh, incredibly successful high school basketball coach, by the way, in South Florida for many, many years and the star of North Carolina's 1957 national championship team. And there is Lenny and Pete Brennan on the right guarding Will Chamberlain. And there's Coach McGuire, Pack. Looking oh, sharp. The dapper. Yep. Dapper Frank McGuire. Yep. So our thoughts and prayers to the family of Lenny Rosenbluth this morning. All right. When we come back, Phil Steele has released his all-ACC preseason team. Yes, a month away from the kickoff in Charlotte. Let the speculation begin. We're going to show you what Phil has done and talk about it when we continue. There's Trenton Simpson. Get ready for that. Back after this. The Packer and Durham Podcast. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. Packer and Durham on a Monday. Show number 650. 650. For anybody keeping score. 844-SAY-ACCN is the number for the program. It's time for lists. List season. Fair, right? List season. Every year. This is it. Next two weeks, next three, four weeks until we get to the kickoffs, it's list season, right? Yep. Then talking season begins. Yep. That's right. Uh, yeah. So, Phil Steele, who has uh, been part of our program a few times, family and networks, all those type things with ESPN, uh, has one of the largest preseason college football bro- books every year. Um, compliment with, with some online stuff. He has released his 2022 preseason all ACC team. And as I told you at the top of the show, when you look at these lists of preseason teams in the ACC, most interesting order for me is one position. How does one see the quarterback thing laying out? Because it's going to be the best quarterback league in the country. It was last year and has a chance to be this year. So let's go to Phil's first team. Okay? Now remember, like these other magazines, he's got to go to press at some point too. But, Pac, 
Clemson and Pitt have five each on the first team. His first team quarterback is TVD, Tyler Van Dyke. Uh, you know who likes seeing that? Is the guy that uh, pulled the quarterback sneak on us uh, last week, or at least on me last <laughs> week, and that's Devin Leary and Dave Dorn. They're right. sitting back going, yeah, that's it. Go hype everybody else up. Dave Dorn says, I've got the best quarterback in the country. He plays at NC State. Now, we've got a bunch of them in this league. A bunch. And I think maybe the thing that jumps out at me more than anything else is that Pitt had five guys on first team. And, again, this is a team that won the ACC last year. And, you know, everybody said, oh, well, you know, they lost this, they lost that, they're going to take a step back. Don't be so sure that Pittsburgh's going to disappear. There is still a bunch of dudes up there with Pat Narduzzi. Just saying. Yeah, I think um, Carter Warren you see in the offensive line here, uh, you're going to see another guy, a couple of other guys on the other side who probably have a little bit more of a working resume from success that people realize – the other thing I call your attention to here on offense, how do you make heads or tails of wide receivers? A.T. Perry and Josh Downs, yes, I'm all for it. No question. Very good. But you could put – I mean, just to give you an example, uh, is on second team with Keaton Thompson. I mean, you couldn't go wrong if those two guys were first team. Right, Pac? I mean, the wide receiver depth is as scary as the quarterback depth, in my opinion. Uh, I don't disagree with that. Uh, and I also throw on there, again, you mentioned going to press early. Christian Mahogany is on first team right. uh, offensive line. Of course, we found out last week, uh, this was a bummer. Uh, he has lost for the season mm-hmm. for Jeff Halfley's guys up front. That's a big loss. Uh, that's a guy that was going to be drafted in the National Football League and still will be eventually, but he won't be playing for the Eagles this fall. And that's a bummer because that offensive line needs to be retooled and he was going to be the centerpiece of it. So, uh, that'll be one position that will need to be filled. But uh, I'm with you, Wes. I think the quarterbacks, the wide receivers in this league are really good. And and there's not another league in the country in 22 that will have a better collection of quarterbacks in terms of quality at the top and the quality of depth. The league was outstanding last year. It will be just as good this year from that perspective. And trying to pick these, again, we'll find out a month from now when we get to Charlotte for uh, the ACC kickoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that voting by the ACC writers will be intriguing to see who everybody leans on, whether it be a Sam Hartman, a Devin yep. Leary, Phil Jerkovic, a Malik Cunningham, a TVD. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. There, there's six, seven, eight deep of really, really good quarterbacks. Brendan Armstrong you might have heard of. He could be in the list too. So, mm-hmm. like I said, there are so many good quarterbacks in the league. Yep, uh, exactly right. Let's go to defense, um, and they'll be – Lots of familiarity here. Uh, Haba Baldonado, Kalijah Kansi, Servassier Dennis, and Brandon Hill highlight the uh, four pit guys on first team. Brzee, Murphy, Trenton Simpson, I'm glad to see, is uh, one of the linebackers on first team for Clemson. Dudes everywhere. That's what I'm saying. You know, everybody sleeping on pit again. I'm telling you now, Pat Narduzzi and his guys, they've got the belt. There'll be a target on their chest. They're not trying to defend anything because they've already won one. They're trying to win another one. Uh, and, and we talked to Joe Zagaki last hour about Miami and being a trendy pick. Don't sleep on Pitt. That's all I'm going to tell you. Right. Don't sleep on it. Uh, just as a – I'm just going to call this out. I'm not saying I would make changes. 
Garrett Williams of Syracuse could easily be on this first team. Yep. Uh, Tanner Engel of NC State could easily be on this first team as a safety. Yep. Andrew Makuba could easily be on this first team as a safety from Clemson. Yep. Uh, Nick Jackson of Virginia could be a linebacker. Uh, Xavier Thomas of Clemson could be on this first team. Rondell Bothroyd of Wake Forest could be on this first team. Uh, I mean, there is plenty of conversation to be had about uh, kind of, you know, first and second and how all this works. But uh, I find the quarterback situation, just just for working knowledge here, Tyler Van Dyke was Phil Steele's first team, Devin Leary's second team, Sam Hartman third team, and I'm going to say Brennan Armstrong's listed as the fourth team quarterback here. Now, I know the Virginia fans who are going to be up in arms because they think Brennan Armstrong's numbers should make him the first team guy. You can't go wrong with any of those four right there. Any of those four pack, not a thing's wrong with it. That's just their particular feeling about this publication. That's why I told you when we started this, I pick up magazines every once in a while and look and just see kind of where the quarterbacks are listed and how it plays out. Um, it's well, it's going to be really, really fascinating to watch this happen as we go through the summer. I'll say it again. I mean, Malik Cunningham <laughs> – Guy's dynamic, and they're going to have a great offensive line at Louisville. I mean, you're telling me he's not one of the four yep. best quarterbacks in the league? I'm just, That's I'm just asking a question. Phil Jerkovic, you mentioned Zay Flowers, and we talked about that offensive line. He's got to get retooled, but Phil Jerkovic's a dude now. He's an NFL player. Not even mentioned the top yep. four. A guy like Jordan Travis at Florida State. Uh, incredibly That's... talented. He's going to be a guy that talked after that spring game, hey, this offense is going to score on everybody and we're seven deep, and we're just scratching the surface. I mean, Pitt's got a new guy. Yep. What does DJ look like at Clemson coming back? Is Does he have a bounce back season? Mm-hmm. I mean, the storylines at quarterback in this league are fascinating because there are players mm-hmm. all, all over the place. There's not another league in the country as deep as the ACC at the quarterback position. There isn't. Yeah, and it's. I, I think your point is about quarterbacks – and we just called out three or four other positions on defense where you could have conversation about safety, about corner, about linebacker, defensive line in terms of down-by-down productivity. Now, Tyler Van Dyke, because of the uh, the momentum Miami has created, Van Dyke and Josie ran off some of those numbers. I mean, the red zone stuff was really good. The last six games, he was terrific. And I, this guy's going to be – and, and Pack. You guys were talking about the AM game. Tell me that is not a spotlight stage for Van Dyke in Miami early in the year. And it is for AM. I mean, that's another team that um, yep. always talks about how great they are. And I, like I said the other day, I mean, I can't remember the last time Texas AM was ever in a game <laughs> that mattered for a championship. I mean, somebody can remind yep. me of that, but they have great fans. Jimbo is a tremendous coach, he's won a national championship at Florida State. Uh, he and Nick Saban continue to play patty cake with each other, which is kind of embarrassing, but that's their problem. But they should be good, and that environment is awesome in College Station. So that, to me, is one of those games you circle. And as Joe said, not only is it important mm-hmm. for Miami, it's important for the ACC. When we got a bunch of those games scheduled, the question will be in the fall, how many can the league start winning? Because that is going to be the key to change any national narrative regarding football in this conference. 
And even though his season was cut short by injury last fall, there is another constant on this list, no matter what publication it is, and that's Brian Brzee of Clemson. I mean, you're talking about a guy who has the capability, and I think Eric McLean said this in the spring pack, this guy has the capability of being the National Defensive Player of the Year. Hey, no question. I think Clemson's defense is going to be fabulous. I do. Um, if they get any kind of offensive consistency at quarterback, they are going to be a dangerous, big-time, elite program for a national championship. Forget the conference championship. If their offense clicks, yep. watch out, because that team defensively is going to be filthy. That's what they're going to be on defense. Yep. All right, sit tight. Two-a-days continue on the other side. Back to an old friend in Raleigh. It's uh, just past 8.30. Joe Giglio is next. Talking to Wolfpack on Packer and Durham. Packer and Durham. Here's Mark Packer and Wes Durham. Packer and Durham, Monday edition. Two-a-days continue. The two trendy picks, I think, for the ACC in football this year are highlighted today. We did Miami in hour number one. And, Wes, ah. it's time to talk about the NC State Wolfpack. A lot of people in the national media got them preseason top ten. They're going to have that kind of year. Uh, makes, yeah, well, we talked to Joe Z earlier and Zagaki on his way to a paddleboard. So let's dial up uh, Metropolitan Garner, North Carolina this morning from 99.9 The Fan. Joe Giglio, who apparently has got a tea time pack, got a little pullover going here, may have a uh, like a 910, uh, 910T box. What are, what are we looking at there, Giglio? Welcome to the show. Good to see you. Great to see you, gents, as always. It's 61 degrees in Garner right now. I'm cold. Leave me alone. <laughs> pack. I'm not going to go there. We're just talking about the U.S. Open, and um, you know, Joe looks like he is ready to hit the links, but that's beside the point. All right, I want to get I want to get into the hype of NC State football. Uh, Devin Lurie put the quarterback sneak on us last week and zipped in here to the basement. Uh, Joe, you've Mm. been covering them for a long time. You've been in the triangle for a long time. We we've seen hype, whether it be Duke basketball last year with North Carolina football. Um, you've seen sports have that, hey, this is the year for us. Is this the year for NC State football in 22? I'll say this. Think about this. NC State hasn't won the ACC title since 1979, 43 Mm. years. Legitimately, they've had what? Two or three chances over that time where you go into the season and you go, NC State has has as good a chance as anyone else to win the ACC championship. And 02 is a year that comes to mind. You really have to strain to find another year. Uh, so they know the opportunity in front of them. Obviously, with the extra year of eligibility created by COVID, they have an older team that understands that opportunity. So that, those are the good things for NC State. You know where you are at the jump. And it, it, it won't take a miracle. Hmm. All right. So then what's your biggest concern today? about NC State, a team that has a lot of positives. And I mean depth, uh, seemingly experienced just about everywhere, continuity in the coaching staff. I mean, so so where's your aha, but here is my concern. Yeah. 
I, I want to see them run the football. I think last year that was a big problem, even with two guys who I thought were capable and Ricky Person and Bam Knight. I don't think they have a player of that caliber at the running back position. I was actually kind of surprised they didn't go into the portal and get someone. Uh, they have a young guy named Demi Sumo, who I think they're going to try to count on. Jordan Houston's a guy they have coming back. Uh, they might just open it up and sling it around. I don't know. Uh, we saw that a lot during last season with Devin Leary, and he's certainly capable. Uh, but Dave Doran likes to say you throw to score points, you run to win the games. And I think that running game is the big question mark. Look at the Wake game in particular last year. Everybody and their mother was able to run on Wake last year, except NC State. And obviously that loss in Winston-Salem is the difference between NC State being the ACC champs and Wake Forest winning the division hmm. last year. Joe, I know we talked about offense, offense, offense all the time, but I want to talk about defense with NC State. Uh, I thought last year they had a really, really solid club, right? They're second defensively in terms of mm-hmm. stats and – but they had so many injuries on that side, and yet it was like next man up, and they didn't seem to miss a beat, and they're getting a lot of these guys back. To me, while we'll ta- concentrate on Devin Leary and the Heisman race and all that's cool, and the offensive part of it, which is cool, I think NC State, though, is really built on the defensive side. And to me, if I was got the pom-poms out for NC State, I'd say, hey, that is the thing I'm going to hang my head on and say, guess what? This is why we can win. The Atlantic Coast Conference. Yeah, I know we could score. We've got a quarterback that doesn't make mistakes. But, man, defensively, this should be a really, really good team. I agree with you, Pac. And last year it was piecemeal, too. We just see a highlight of Drake Thomas. You know, he's a kid by the end of the year moves into that Mike spot and really finds his niche as a leader and also a playmaker. But let's not undersell Isaiah Moore, who I thought stepped in really for Peyton Wilson that void after the injury in the Mississippi State game. You're looking for a big playmaker, a difference maker. I thought Isaiah Moore could do that. Now he's coming off of a serious knee injury. Peyton Wilson with the shoulders, all indications are he's healthy, but he needs to stay healthy. Uh, It would be great for NC State to see all three of those guys on the field at the same time. I think that's where you'll see them truly become the best version of themselves. But, Joe, here's the thing, too. You get guys like, and you talk about the linebackers, and rightly so, but I, I remember talking to, to Dave Dorn in, in April and May, and we were talking about Corey Durden. I mean, I thought Corey Durden came in there and did some really good things for them from Florida State to a point where you could argue he kind of solidified who they were from a playing personality up front. And let's be honest, their best teams – have all been really strong in the defensive line. You want to go back to B.J. Hill and some of those guys? Corey Durden feels like he's ready for a breakout season in the interior. Yeah, I thought he was great last year. That you, that revolving door at linebacker only works if you have a player like Durden in front occupying blockers. So that's a great point, Wes. I, I think it's another – you want to see another step up from that class of Savion Jackson and C.J. Clark and Josh Harris – those young guys that they bought in on the heels of that great defensive class you mentioned, Bradley Chubb uh, in particular, helped spur that recruiting kind of renaissance on the defensive line. You want to see that group take another step this year. But I think defensively and, and the schedule, you know, the schedule is set up for NC State to really take advantage of what they have. Uh, there are some landmines in there and obviously hmm. haven't won at Clemson. They haven't officially won at Clemson. They beat Clemson in 2016. They just didn't win the game. Uh, but winning there is obviously going to be <laughs> one of the biggest challenges. You can argue with me if you really want to, but you can even ask Clemson. They got beat that day. They just didn't. The scoreboard didn't say it. 
<laughs> I, I, Joe, I got to be honest with you. That's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard on this show. <laughs> Seriously. But there's a difference. I, I, mean, I, I love you to words. death, but that's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. <laughs> you can beat somebody and lose. Didn't you see Rocky yeah. and Apollo? Oh, yeah. I tell you what, when, when you lean on Hollywood as your defense mechanism, you just lost. No, I know. I do know, though. I will agree with you on this. That game, you can already sense. Circle it. Circle it. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. That thing in Death Valley is a big deal. Uh, and, you know, when Devin Leary was hanging out with us, um, whatever day it was last week, Friday. Um, we talked about the mental part of NC State last year in a game really that they controlled and then found themselves in an overtime going, hey, well, we got we got to close the deal here. And mentally, I thought they got over a hump. I mean, that was a one of those deals where, hey, are we ever going to beat these guys? And they did. Now you're going to have to take it on the road and do something that nobody's done since, what, Pittsburgh in 2016 when they actually won the game because that's what the scoreboard said. But that game just feels like a big deal on October the 1st. Yeah, and for NC State, it's the sequence there. You're at Clemson, then you come back. Florida State's a team I suspect will, you know, we talk every summer about Florida State and Miami. Uh, I I suspect they'll get their act together. Uh, Let's not disrespect the Deeks. They get that game November 5th. And then I think Louisville's an interesting game too, guys. November 19th Mm -hmm. on the road there kind of snuck before the Carolina game, which you know will have NC State's full attention. So I think those four games will go a long way. My, my biggest concern isn't about NC State, to be perfectly honest with you. It would be about Clemson. Um, I just don't know who else is going to beat Clemson other than NC State. And that's could be where I'm you, know, a- if you lose at Clemson. I, I don't see how you get help from anyone else. So, and I do think NC State has some other games that they could lose. Uh, I do think they could go six and two, seven and one. Joe, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw one in here on you. I am, uh, and and this is a Clemson conversation, but it's geared with NC State. Clemson goes to Wake Forest on the 24th, and then has NC State at home the next weekend. I I think Clemson has to get it right and get it right early in some of the areas we're talking about in order to be Clemson, okay? Um, And this is where I think NC State has an advantage because I think Clemson, no offense to Dabo and the the terrific body of work they've done there, but, Pac, we talked about this. There's still some sorting out to do at Clemson in August – as opposed to a place like NC State where you just gave me one position, your biggest concern, running the ball. If NC State finds somebody to run the ball consistently or guys to run the ball consistently, seemingly they've got everything else in place. Clemson's got a few more bullet points to tackle. They're going to be terrific on defense, but we haven't seen Clemson run the ball efficiently, what, a couple years, Mark? I mean, right? I mean, there there is still legitimate concern about certain aspects of who Clemson is. That's why I think NC State has an advantage playing them early in the year. Well, I, I think you're right about the schedule part. You know, at Wake Forest, NC State at home, and I would even throw at Boston College the week after. Yeah. Uh, because to have those guys, I don't think they've been to Chestnut Hill since I was there uh, back 100 years ago. Uh, and and just, the, just the emotion, you know, it's hard. I don't care who you are in college football. 
that if you go back to back to back, you have a schedule. You've got three games that you know. Hey, guess what? We got to be emotionally ready to go. That third one is always hard, regardless of the mm-hmm. outcome, whether you actually won the game or thought you won the game. Um, that third one's tough, and I think the emotion of Death Valley when NC State comes in there, especially after beating them a year ago, and it'll be all kinds of hype. But the following week at Boston College is one of those kind of games where, guess what? There's yeah. not going to be 75,000 people screaming at you. You're going to have to go up to Chestnut Hill. They'll be excited to see you for the first time in a long time. And whether you're 2-0 and against Waker State or 0-2, emotionally, that will be a difficult third consecutive week, I think, for Clemson. But, Joe, going back to your point, NC State's got to take care of NC State. And this is a team mm-hmm. that if they can have a healthy year and the ball does bounce just right, hey, everything's in place for them to have one of those magical kind of seasons. It at least feels that way in the surface. Yeah, you're talking about one double-digit win season in program history in 2002. I can't believe that's 20 years ago already. That's amazing. Uh, and somehow they've never finished in the top 10, which is kind of hard to believe. Uh, and I think that might be some of that national perception that Dave likes to talk about. But, yeah, it's been 43 years since the last time they won the ACC title. Again, legitimately in those 43 years, we can count on this hand in less than that. You probably don't even need that many. Uh, where they could go into a season and say, we have as good a chance as anyone else to win this league. And, and that's the opportunity NC State has. And I, honestly, I think they believe that and understand that. All right. I want to finish with this. Um, the the journey that Dave Doran has taken this program on to build it to where this conversation is being constructed has many landmarks to it. Uh, I'll give you staff continuity in the last three years as a critical, critical piece for this back-end success, right? In your mind, as somebody who's seen it from brick one, where was the turning point for him to be able to get this done and get this part to where NC State is in this conversation bordering on top 10 in the preseason? Yeah, I mean, he had to keep his job in 16. They beat Carolina on the road. That was huge. Um, and then, you know, after 19, they go 4-8. and eight, And I think you have to give a lot of credit, um, not only to Boo Corrigan, but Fred Demarest. It goes in there, they're, you know, working at the time in the athletic department and said to Dave, what do we need to do to help you? And, and his answer mm-hmm. was Tim Beck. His answer was, you know, let, let's get some better coaches and spend a little bit more money here. And I, I, it's hard to argue with the results since 19. I think they've – and they, through extremely difficult circumstances. So I, I think there's a credit there and to Dave's patience and also kind of understanding what NC State is and how do you win at NC State. And I, I think he's he's shown that. Hmm. That's a good point. Uh, lovely backdrop. We wish you fairways and greens today on your tea time. Me too. I wish. <laughs> I hope uh, you have time. To, I, I hope you have time to collect some wood to start that fire up there in freezing cold Gardner, North Carolina. All right. How, wait, how did I have the dumbest thing in the history of this program? By the way, have you well, never heard of someone beating you but not winning on the well, scoreboard? Well, I mean, I, I you know, were they was NC State was NC State even up. leading at halftime of that game? I'm just curious. Just ask Wayne Gallman who won that game. How about that? I don't have to ask anybody. Oh. I, I, I know who won oh. the game. I know who won the game. Okay. I, that may be a question right. you need to ask because I, I know who won the game. Oh, God. 
Oh, I yeah. know the Here final score. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> normally how we play that thing. There Just we go. Saying. Uh, Joe Gillio, ladies and gentlemen, WRELsportsfan.com, 99.9 The Fan, one half of the OG. Be well. See you soon. Thanks, guys. When we come back, we had a U.S. Open draft here last week. I won this, right? I thought I won this. Hardly. No, I won this. Hardly. No, and I'm going to take the Joe Gillio approach. I actually won this. I don't even know why we're talking about it. I'm going to pull Joe Gillio on you here. And to think that I thought you took my pick from the tour. (laughs) Uh, We come back. Uh, We will recap the Open. Brooks Kepka did get to the weekend pack. Oh, yeah. Nah. You coached him to the weekend. You coached him to the weekend. Congratulations. We will review the numbers of the Open draft next. The Packer and Durham Podcast. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. Don't forget tomorrow night. Or tomorrow afternoon following Notre Dame, Texas A&M. Flip it back to ACC Network as soon as the ball game ends. Complete coverage of the game with Kelsey Riggs, Mike Rooney, and Danny Graves live from Omaha. They'll react to the game, and you'll hear from key players as well tomorrow night. All ACC right here on ACC Network. Live from Omaha. By the way, I got a uh, – you, you like trivia. I got a trivia question for you, Wes. Sure. Okay. Joe Giglio, outraged, I'd say what he said was the dumbest thing I've heard on this program, said that NC State really beat Clemson in 2016 in football. That game went to overtime. All right? Yes. That's, that's bonus football, all right? That's 60 minutes plus. Yeah. Of the 60 yeah. minutes plus, can you tell me how much time NC State led in the game? I'll give you a hint. Zero. If it's more zero. than if it's a number higher than zero, you would be wrong. NC State never led in the game, and Joe Giglio is trying to argue with Ghost that NC State won the game. That's amazing. It's kind of like me saying, which I just did, kidding around, pulling the Joe Giglio. I felt like I really won the U.S. Open picks this week, even though I finished twenty-five shots behind your brilliant selections. I really felt you could go ask the dude in the gallery. I really felt like I won the picks. My man, you were spectacular. <laughs> spectacular with your two selections. Uh, quick check of the board, uh, and then we'll move along to hour three on this Monday. Just a quick check. Um, the medal. The medal. You get the Jack Nicholas medal. Yeah, the champion. The Jack Nicholas medal. So what you get? You get this uh, along with your Disney one year pin. Yes, it's waiting for you yeah, when you get back to you. Charlotte. Thank you. Thank you. Um, the, uh, I, uh, I selected Will Zalatoris, which was a pretty good pick. Oh, yeah. And then we S-curved this whole deal. So, actually, full disclosure, I was going to take Patrick Cantlay until Packer selected him. <laughs> and then my backup pick was Matt Fitzpatrick because he, won it. he had won the amateur at Brookline. And he ended up winning the U.S. Open. So I had the two guys standing on 18 yesterday. Here's the board, kids. Ho, look out. Domination. Now, Berger missed the cut. Young missed the cut. 
So already, yeah. Josh and Angela, they were out before we got to the weekend. Yeah. And Kepka played great to get to the weekend. Cantley was just okay. But, man, you had the picks, man. 1A, 1B, right there. Bang, bang. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we will be on uh, hiatus during the British Open, so I'm sorry to say we will not have a British Open pool for the Open Championship, which is, as Packer always likes to say, this year at the old course at St. Andrews, we really just want wind and rain, right, Pack? That's really all you want is to see it blow on the grounds at the old course. I loved Brookline Saturday. When that started when it started yeah. getting windy and those dudes are hitting we got guys shanking shots and they're in wheat trying to get up and down. <laughs> I loved I thought the golf tournament was awesome. I loved watching it. Yeah. US Open Father's Day weekend is a great tradition. You got College World Series going on too. It was a cool yeah. sports weekend of just sitting on the couch and enjoying it. But uh, the US Open is always spectacular and oh Will's Alatoris Wake Forest guy, I tell you what now. That's what, three second-place finishes in majors? He's done that in the Masters. He did the PGA, mm-hmm. losing the playoff, and then it's obviously this weekend. Uh, he's knocking on that door. He keeps knocking, and he's going to knock that thing down one of these days. But uh, a really, really yep. great sporting event. Tremendous. And congratulations and on your terrific, medal, too, by the way. On the well, medal. thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yes, the, uh, yeah, the medal. that. Uh, it's one of our memorabilia pieces in the basement, bless your heart. All right, uh, hour three on this Monday – uh, in case you missed it with Blake James coming up in about 15 minutes, David Hale at the bottom of the hour and his thoughts on the name, image, and likeness summit that was conducted in Atlanta last week. Three really interesting days, I think, from a student athlete's perspective. David's got some terrific ideas and thoughts and comments from that event. We look forward to our visit with him. And Notre Dame continues playing Omaha. That's at the uh, kind of the front of our show here today. The Irish took one on the chin last night from Oklahoma buying Cade Horton's terrific pitching. But uh, they'll go again against Texas A&M, who sent the Longhorns home yesterday. Holy smokes, did they send them home. So we will get to hour number three, though, of Monday's Packer and Durham. Link Jarrett and the Irish continue their march in Omaha next. Packer and Durham.